I'm Gabby Reese, and welcome to the show. My guest today is Mr. Tony Robbins. You know him as an author, a speaker, a coach, an entrepreneur, basically a human tornado. And he has a new book out called Life Force. And what I want to say about this book is that this book is for you. The reason is, is that he talks about everything. The tagline is how new breakthroughs in precision medicine can transform the quality of your life and those you love. He had some medical fears. He's recovered some big injuries. And this sort of led him onto this path. This is a person who's like, well, how do I learn more? And who do I talk to? So he becomes your ultimate aggregate in this book, giving you things that are available right now for you. So whether it is for performance or longevity, but what if it's for cancer or diabetes or Alzheimer's or leukemia or Parkinson's or heart disease, obesity? I mean, he goes all the way into it. He did the book with Peter Diamantis and Dr. Robert Hariri. Hariri has been in the field of stem cells for over 20 years. There is so much information in this book, so that's why I am really excited to share it with you. It's called Life Force. 100% of profits from Life Force are being donated to Feeding America, which is the largest food bank network in the United States, and to scientific research to combat cancer, heart disease, and Alzheimer's. This is a genuine book from people who go, hey, we want to share this with you. We want to have the discussions about all that's in the pipeline, all that's on the horizon, and what's available in this moment. As you know, Tony is busy and he goes big. So I tried to interject here and there, but really I just wanted to bring focus to this topic and to this book so you can either listen to it or get it because I just think there's something in there for everyone. Enjoy. Hey, Gabby, it doesn't are you happen. in Hawaii or are you down in Malibu? Where are you? I'm in Malibu and um, our youngest daughter is going to conventional school. So we're sort of basing out of here and Laird's, you know, chasing waves from here. And are you, where are you? I'm in Palm Beach. Yeah. yeah. Civilized. Congratulations on your baby. Thank you. It's the greatest gift in our life here. I've, I got five kids and five grandkids and I got a 48 year old daughter and I got a 10 month old as of today. <laughs> so it's a beautiful life. I know you, I see you have three kids too. Is that right? Three? Yeah. I'm in the, I have three daughters. So I, I, you know, I went all the way into, to girl parenting it was a great <laughs> education. And I just spent three days with Byron Katie and it was funny. Oh, she's a dear friend of ours. We love her. Yeah. I was reading your book and she's like, Oh, you know how she is. And so she, of course, you know, she can send you her love directly, but we <laughs> well, we'll talk to her. That's great. well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. You know, the, the idea of like, investments and learning and making more money and all this high powered stuff that sort of was never my real thing. And so it was really interesting for me to watch somebody who can, you know, really accrue all of this very complicated information. The thing is about your book, about your new book, Life Force, is that you guys did an incredible job, you and Peter Diamantis, on taking some really complicated ideas. And I love, I really appreciate a couple of things about this book. One is the way you sort of section things off. So maybe if it felt more about performance, you have, yeah. you have that crew. But yeah. then you get into, hey, let's early test. Let's look at what's going on with our overall health. And, you know, is it cancer? It's all these things and reminding people what an advantage is to early test. Yes. And, and on top of it, you know, what's available now, what's maybe coming, and a lot of your own personal stories. Because I think, you know, listen, Tony, people see you as superhuman. You're a guy who, <laughs> well, no, I mean, listen, you have a, you're a guy who has answers. I always yeah. am in awe of people who are courageous enough to go, let's go this way. And you, yeah. you have that and you've had that since your, you know, mid twenties. Yes. But you've had your own physical challenges. There was two, you know, sort of incidences or three actually in particular, your skiing accident. Yeah metal, you know, detoxifying all the metal by eating yeah. healthy. Yeah, seemingly. <laughs> yes. And then and then dealing with some things with a tumor. So yeah. maybe you could just share some of those stories so people realize that it's not that you've never navigated any challenges. Yeah, I think I think if we if you're up for it, we can start where it began. We can say, look, I had an injury that made me write this book, but what started it really was my fear of cancer, because I think so many people have that, even in their 30s now. It's you know, I did a research of what that's one of the reasons I put the diagnostic chapter early 
is people in their 30s are definitely afraid of it and they're worried about Alzheimer's already, probably because they have parents or you know grandparents that are going through it. So maybe we start with that if that's okay with you and then we'll hit it. But, but I'm happy to flow however you want to go, Gabby. I'm, I'm easy. No, I, I just, I love this human part of it. So for me, I want you to lead that journey that whatever feels the most compelling Great. to you. Great, that sounds perfect. So I think okay. the thing is, is people don't realize that you didn't have the easiest childhood and then you you fell into, was it Jim Rohn? And yes. some, you had some mentors that yes. led you onto this path, but you, you discuss how you had it in the back of your mind that, you know, you were concerned maybe about either dying young or getting cancer. Yeah, it, it was brutal. I, I, I thought that because I worked 20 hour days and because at an early stage, I was working with President of the United States and people from all over the world, sports athletes. It's like, oh my God, you know, there's that part of our brain that most of us aren't good at managing. I sure wasn't back then. And it's that fight or flight system in your brain, right? You know, the ancient brain, the survival brain. And I started thinking, I have all this because I'm going to die young. And it became like an unconscious obsession. And then it wasn't, I'm going to die by an easy thing like a car accident and be gone. It was slowly of cancer. And then, of course, when you focus on something, Gabby, forever, I'm sure you know, and if your husband knows, you both do because you're creators, you tend to experience it. And so cancer came into my life, a tumor did, but it started with someone else. It started with my girlfriend coming home one day, crying uncontrollably. And I was like, what is it? What is it? And she says, my mom, she's got cancer. They gave her nine weeks to live and sent her home. And if it was me, I, I, you know, your mom, I'm a dad. We'll do more for those we love than we'll do for ourselves. So thank God it was someone else first, because then everything in me kicked in. My whole mindset of there's always a solution. There are people that have stage three, stage four cancer that recovered. And I was a speed reader. I took a speed reading course when I was still in junior high school. And I was like, I'm going to read a book a day. And I didn't do that, but I read about 700 books. So that became my way of learning and growing and synthesizing. So I, I went out and started reading every book I could on cancer. And I looked for people that had stage four cancer and turned it around. And there was a book called One Answer to Cancer by a dentist who had pancreatic cancer, which you probably know is the most devastating one of all, most deadly for most people. And he cured it of himself and he did it through detoxing the body and pancreatic enzymes. Wouldn't be the book I'd recommend today because there's so many other better things. But I gave her that book and I gave her as a man thinketh to kind of manage her brain. And she's, you know, I said, you got nothing to lose. And so she went for it. And within a few weeks, she felt better. Within a few months, she had a tumor on the back of her shoulder and she had one in her feminine organs. And the one on the back of her shoulder, you couldn't even see now. And so after two months when she should have died, the doctor finally said, well, let's do exploratory surgery. And all he found in her body was something, the end of my pinky size of my fingernail, literally. And the doctor said, this is a miracle. And she goes, it is a miracle, but let me tell you what I did. And he's like, no, no, this is spontaneous remission. This is a miracle. She was in her forties. She's now in her eighties and still alive. So that was the initial impetus for me to say, I got to take care of my body. And then like you, like your husband, like the people that we both you know, work with a lot, you know, I'm a biohacker because I make huge demands on my body. So I do four seven-day seminars with stadiums of 15, 20,000 people, and I'm going 12 or 13 hours a day. And, you know, I've had the people measure me that work with Tom Brady and a lot of other Olympic athletes. I burn 11,300 calories in one day. I didn't think that was possible. It's consistent. They've measured me over three years. You know, I jump a thousand times, and they were explaining to me I weigh 282 pounds. So every time you hit, it's four times your body weight. So imagine a thousand pounds times a thousand jumps in one day. It's a million pounds of pressure. So my bone density looks like a gorilla. It's just insane what, what's happening in my body. And so, you know, I'm doing things in my body. Most people wouldn't do at any age. I'm now 62 and I'm stronger today than I was then. So I used all these tools. But then sure enough, the tumor shows up again at the peak of my experience. And, I, you know, I, I go in, I'm a helicopter pilot. And I go in to just to renew my license. You have to do a new med every two years, new medical. And the doctor leaves me a message a few days later and the, my assistant saying he wants to talk to you. And I said, just tell him to send the report. You know, I didn't think there'd be, I didn't go in there for a problem. And then I, I get a note on my door at, you know, I get home at midnight and it says, call the doctor. It's an emergency. So now my brain's going crazy. So I call him in the morning and he says, you have a tumor in your brain, actually in your pituitary. Like, how could you know that? He said, well, cause you have so much growth hormone. Well, that's hard to figure out. I'm, I was 5'1 my sophomore year in high school. I'm 6'7 now. I tell people the difference is personal growth, right? <laughs> but I got these huge hands, like 16 feet. I mean, so what? He goes, well, I think you have gigantism. And I did these tests. And you have a tumor in your pituitary, and we need to rush you into surgery. I'm like, well, slow down. 
you know, what are the contraindications, even if this is true? And he goes, well, you know, you could die. And I, he said, but that's unlikely. You'll probably live. But, you know, it will affect your endocrine system and you probably won't have much energy. And I was like, well, that's my life, you know? So I said, I really want to get a second opinion. Because what I did with Jenny reminded me to get a second opinion. And, and I don't know if you've seen some of the studies at the Mayo Clinic. They now tell everybody, including their doctors, people need a second opinion because they did a study with 286 patients and found that only 12% of the time was the second opinion the same as the first, meaning 88% of the time it was different. So because of that, it's like, I want a second opinion. He was not very enamored with that idea. He did not have a good bedside manner. But then I said, I'm going to try the other side. I'm going to try someone who works on the biochemical side instead of surgery. So I went to this guy in Boston, completely different bedside manner, super nice human being. And he said, Tony, uh, it's in there. It's infarct but it's still producing a huge amount of growth hormone in your body. And he said, I think you should never do surgery. It's too risky. There's a place in Switzerland you go twice a year for an injection, and then we, your arteries won't get too big. But I said, my arteries are fine. And it started when I was 17. I was 31 at the time. And I said, what if, what if I did nothing? And But I just measured, make sure it didn't get worse because there's nothing wrong right now. He goes, well, I just want you to be certain you're going to be okay. I said, well, there could be side effects from the drug. So I went to six other doctors, end of story, and finally one of them said to me, Tony, you do have this tremendous growth hormone, but he said, Tony, he said, I know bodybuilders that pay $1,200 a month for the amount of growth hormone you're getting, and what you do to your body, it's insane how your body recovers. I think this is a gift from God. So I've measured, that was when I was 32, I'm now 62, I've had no problems, they haven't grown, but it just reminded me that you gotta find that. And then why I wrote this book, ultimately, you know, all this history, was about four years ago, I'm being an idiot, chasing a 22-year-old professional snowboarder down the mountain on my snowboard. And I mean, he did things I could never do, and I discovered I couldn't do them. And I came down, I thought I broke my neck, I ripped my rotator cuffs apart, and just unbelievable pain, it wouldn't go away. You know, nerve pain, I know you know what I'm talking about. Nine, nine pain, couldn't sleep. So I got a PMF machine. If you're not familiar that it's extraordinary that you are, about 3,000 you know, studies on it. So it took me from 9.9 to 5, and that, was, that allowed me to sleep. But then I kept looking for solutions, and every doctor is like, surgery, surgery, surgery. And I was like, okay, four to six months of rehab. You may not lift your shoulder all the way again. You know, it can tear again. I was like, there's got to be a better way. So I went to Dr. Peter Diamandis, who's my dear friend and my partner, and I said, tell me. I said, there's got to be a better approach. I've heard about stem cells. He said, go talk to Bob Harari, who's now my partner as well. And he's a neurosurgeon. I said, he's, a, he's one of the best neurosurgeons in the world. What does he know about stem cells? He goes, no, Tony. He was one of the guys who helped discover stem cells like 38 years ago. So I sat down with Bob, and talking to Bob about stem cells is like, you know, I want you to talk to my friend LeBlanc James about basketball. You know what I mean? He's like the best in the world. He told me exactly what to do. He said, you can always go back to the surgery, but why don't try this first? So I went down, you know, stem cells... Uh, there's a lot of variety of what's done in this country and around. I went outside the country. I did three days of treatment with IVs and shots. First day, I felt nothing. I've been tired. Second day, I woke up. Not only, I was also diagnosed with spinal stenosis where the doctor told me, literally, life as you know, it's over. No more jumping, no more snowboarding, no more any of these things. One good hit and you won't be able to walk. Literally told me to my face this. Spinal stenosis, 14 years of pain. I woke up in the morning with no pain in my spine for the first time in 14 years. My shoulder, you know, we did the MRI two weeks later, zero wrong with my shoulder. I've never had a problem since that was four years ago. So I became, Gabby, obsessed. I want to know everything about stem cells. And then I realized it wasn't just stem cells, that we've had a revolution in the last few years in medicine that's like nothing else, a precision and, and you know, medicine that can make changes you never dreamed of. And I got invited by the Pope to come be a cleanup speaker. Believe it or not, the Pope believe so much in stem cells. Every two years, he has all the best doctors in the world come because he wants humanity to benefit from it. All the best in, in these types of precision medicine. And I said, I'm not just going to be the cleanup speaker. I'm going to attend all these classes. And so I met like an 11-year-old who at four was told he's going to die, got his sister's stem cells, he's alive. People were sent home or put on hospice who didn't give up and went and did some of the new things like CAR T cells. And now they're in complete remission four or five years later. And I said, I want the world to know this. So the last three years, I've interviewed 150 of the best Nobel laureate scientists, doctors from all over the earth. I'm not a doctor, but I have access. And I put this in a book to synthesize this, to give people the best tools for strength and energy and performance that you and I need, but also for anybody you love. Because about once a week, every 10 days, every two weeks max, someone calls me and somebody in the family's got cancer or Alzheimer's or they had a stroke. 
And I wanted to be able to not only help you prevent that, but if they got there, to know what's beyond the standard of care, because the standard of care in those categories is not doing much, unfortunately, right now. And so I put the book together. And by the way, we're donating 100% of the profits, like I've done my last three books. We're providing 20 million meals for Feeding America, and the balance goes to Alzheimer's, cancer, and heart disease. And so I'm just wanting to get the book out to as many humans as I can. Yeah, and I, I did want to say to people, you know, this book is also like a book you could have at home and reread, almost like a textbook. Yeah. And so I think I I love you know, audiobooks, but this book is also worth physically owning so you can flip through chapters. I want to tell you that I called my stepfather who got Parkinson's. And so I asked him if they had anyone had talked to him about the ultrasound technique that you talked in depth about, like 630,000 patients that were receiving benefits. That's right. Tremors are backing this up. So maybe what we could do is we can just sort of slide around because you talk about lifestyle components and sleep and all of these things. And, and maybe we could just give a few sort of tips because this is a lot of information in this book. <laughs> yes. But before you do that, I have to ask, because I think what you do is, again, to a lot of people, it's, it's going to look superhuman. When you're going to go and you're going to spend four days and you're going to be connecting with people for you know 12 hours, 15 hours, whatever that is. First of all, do you get nervous? I don't anymore, but it's kind of like, would you be nervous tying your shoes, right? But even when I was younger, I didn't get nervous because when I talk to people about public speaking, and supposedly it's like the second biggest fear that people have besides falling, um, you're only scared if you're thinking about yourself. Like I, I, my whole thing, I love people so much. I know it sounds absurd, but I really do. It's what driven me my whole life. When I was a little kid, I'd stop strangers and try to help them. I'm just, I, I'm wired that way. And so for me, it's like, what? Well, it's not about me. So if you're focused on the people out here and you're figuring out what they need uh, and not thinking about yourself, then you really don't have the nervousness. And then, you know, I've only done this, you know, <laughs> for 45 years at this stage of my life. I started when I was 17. So I have a little bit of history of working with every kind of group you can imagine, the most upset group you can imagine, the most positive group you can imagine, you know, in, in 195 countries. So at this point, It'd be like, you know, the things that you do with volleyball, or your husband does with surfing, right? In his case, I'm sure he's nervous because his life is on the line at times. My life's not on the line, but I feel like other people's are. Like I wrote this book to not just change lives, but without being corny, it will save lives. I know you know it because you've read it. If they do a few of these things, it'll save the life of someone you care about if you understand it. But if you don't understand it, ignorance is not bliss. Ignorance is pain. Ignorance is disease. Ignorance is a lifestyle you don't want to have. And it is hard to look at. Listen, when we think we have something going on, I was having some AFib stuff. It's like, you know, you want to know, you don't want to know. And I think that that's human. But your point of like getting in there and getting equipped with information and being your own health advocate, one of the doctors in your book really encourages people to not turn that over and to really, you know, be a mission. What I always say to people too, is if you're uncomfortable, bring a bossy friend or a family member with you who can also <laughs> kind of forge the way yeah. in being your health advocate and maybe asking those hard questions that are difficult to do, especially when you're feeling vulnerable. Yeah. The, the other thing I, I want to ask you, you know, just personally is there's a lot of output. So you go there and you say, okay, I'm going to focus on the people and the mission. And I think it's probably tied to like your big brother thing when you were sort of taking care of everybody else when you were younger too. True, Probably true. Yeah. Is where, how do you restore? Because that's a lot of out and a lot of give. And when yeah. you see people that are either lighting up or they are suffering and that's part of why they're coming there is they're looking for this change. How do you in those, you know, after those events, because you have a real life, you have a partner and you have a new baby and all these things. How do you, cause it's a lot, it's emotionally forget the physical. I don't even care about your thousand jumps, the emotion, <laughs> what the output of the emotion, people don't yeah. realize how hard that is. How do you recover from that? Well, it takes a few days just physiologically to do it. Obviously, it's like, running, you know, I'm doing like the equivalent of a marathon and calorie burns each day, you know, two marathons. So there's a, there's a couple of days of physical recovery. But, you know, I think it has to do with your belief systems. You know, my belief is I met a gentleman decades ago, probably 25 years ago, and he was the first uh, Caucasian martial arts uh, champion in China. And in, in those days, they still had those fights that go to the death, literally. And, you know, they do fight after fight. And so the guys that I asked him, like, what set him apart? And he said, most guys are, they know how many fights they're going to do. And so they try to conserve their energy. And he said, my beliefs, because they think they only have so much and they're going to run out. But mine is the more energy I expend, the more energy I have. And I remember him saying that to me on that day. And I never forgot it. And I was like, 
I am extending energy, but the more I extend, it's like a turbocharge and the more I have, and since it's about something larger than myself, it's a mission, it's not a job, and I feel called to do it, then the bottom line is it's a virtuous cycle because I get to see and hear that impact. I, mean, I can't, I'm fortunate enough, I've been doing this you know, for 45 years, I can't go anywhere in, you know, 200, 195 countries where I'm not stopped literally daily and someone's saying, oh my God, Tony Robbins, you changed my life. And I always go, no, you did, but I'm glad I helped. Tell me what you did, you know? And it's one of the most, outside my children, my wife and my family, it's one of the most fulfilling things in my life. So I focus on the impact, not the expense of the energy. And I look at it as turbocharging and then I go recharge and then, you know, I do cryotherapy and, you know, I, I've got my oxygen chamber and all the PMF and all the things that I do to constantly prepare myself for what I'm going to do again, because it's it's like an ultra marathon each event I do. And you do a lot of intense training and, and maybe you could just share a little bit and it's this is all in the book about that that one type of training where you say sort of like every seven to 10 days, maybe you're doing a little bit more static, but heavy weight. I found this interesting and I would love to know how you kind of personally incorporate that and even what some of the exercises look like. Well, uh, years ago, there, uh, I'm talking about the original thing was called static contraction. You may have heard about it. And uh, I, I was in my 30s when I heard about it. And I was always working out like a banshee, but usually getting injured, you know, overtraining all the time. And I was fascinated, started to read about these studies that were done with about 35,000 athletes. And they did it over two years. And a lot of things like muscle confusion came out of those original studies back then. But one of the things that came out, they didn't know what to do with it first was, they noticed that athletes inevitably would get sick or injured. And if that happened and they were off not training, you know, they're normally training six, seven days a week, they weren't training at all because they couldn't. And they come back 10 days later or two weeks later, and they'd almost always have a personal best. And so what they began to realize, it was so obvious, is that almost all of us who are real athletes overtrain. And so the body, you know, we don't build muscle, for example, when we're pushing the weight, it's when you're sleeping, right? It's just, we got to create the stimulus. So the secret was what's the ideal stimulus to get the maximum result? And what they began to discover is that your muscles are limited by your bone tensile strength. And so they began to say like, how could we strengthen that? And they began to find there was a ratio of three and a half times your body weight, which of course the average person could never handle. So I started doing this initial training with these guys with static contraction. And the, you know, I've got long arms. You probably know the difference in short arms, long arms, like doing a bench press, right? Well, that makes it much harder, but I would do, you know, I don't know, 210 pounds I max out on. And the first one I do with static contraction was 445 pounds. Because what happens is you go just below where you're a lockout and you got to hold for 15 seconds. If you can hold 15, it's too light a weight. And what it does is it causes, you know, if you're going to stop a car, you wouldn't be doing it down here, right? Your mom, you're going to be out here to get to catch the car and try to stop the thing from running over your kid. And that goes through every muscle through the chest all the way through. So they developed four exercises. And I have a video. I mean, when I was 32, I went to Cold's gym and I took this woman who was doing this because I was fascinated. She was in her late 50s or I think maybe early 60s, maybe 61, 62, but looked a bit older. And there was a 25, 27 year old guy, pony tail doing, you know, doing the, the leg machine. He's got weights all loaded up. And this woman, he's pausing between, he's sweating, and this woman's fully clothed, right? Because it doesn't take long. It takes like 10 minutes to do the exercises, lifting all the weights and putting them together takes more. And she goes, excuse me, could I get a set in between you? And the guy looks at me and looks at her like he and sees the camera, thinks he's being punked, right? And she goes in, she goes, would you add another 150 pounds, right? In this guy's face. And she did it. But again, she didn't start here and push out. She started out here just below lockout firing it all off. And I got in and I did my very first time and I had all the weight in the gym and three guys on top of it. I don't know, it was like 2,700 pounds or something. And so I did this, but there was a problem. The problem was, I, I remember I got to like 595 on a bench press and you know, one arm was out of balance to the other and I tweaked, oh my God, my back, my chest. So I stopped doing it. I built all this muscle mass and I kept saying, someday somebody's gonna build a computer system and I thought it might be with air, like just using air so you don't have the danger of what's going on. And there was this company called Strong, and they built a computer system and it's used like top athletes, but also can be used by someone in their 70s or 80s because it's the only thing proven to actually really build, reback your capacity of your bone density. And so he did it for his grandmother initially and then athletes got hooked on it. And it's four exercises 
And once they're set up, since you're not loading the weight and everything else, you know, it can take you 10 or 12 minutes. And there's centers all over the U.S. you can go to for these. But I use it. I do it once a week, once every 10 days, because literally you keep getting stronger. If you're not, you take more time off. So usually it's seven to 10 days off. And I still do other forms of training. But for bone density and strength, just pure strength, it's pretty amazing. My wife never lifted weights, was never into lifting weights. And I think the first time she did it, she could press like 80 pounds or something like that on her chest. And she did like 360 pounds recently. It's a really unique scientifically based process. And again, the limit to your muscle strength is your bone strength. And as women get older, especially late 40s, 50s, osteoporosis is one of the biggest challenges out there. And this, you know, if you take those drugs, they fossilize your bones and then they, your bones tend to shatter. This is a scientifically proven version of this that's pretty extraordinary. It's called OsteoStrong. This podcast is brought to you by Babbel. I don't know about you, but every time I travel, I kick myself that I haven't spent more time learning whatever language it is in the place that I'm visiting. It's like you want to connect with the people in a real way. Well, immersion, you know, that's the best way. But most of us can't move somewhere and, and, you know, live there and learn the language, even though that's number one. But number two is with Babbel. And the reason that is, is first of all, they have it's really quick. They've got 10 minute lessons and, but they're handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. But what I love about it is it's designed by real people for real conversations. It's like, listen, we all want to know, like talk about food and directions and things like that. And Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real life situations and delivered with conversation-based teaching. So you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. And that's the other thing I love is just combining that because you think, okay, maybe using a trip that you have planned or getting together with family somewhere, using that as your motivation to get going. And you don't have to pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that maybe don't really even help you, you know, speak a new language. In fact, studies show, there was one study, they did studies at Yale, Michigan State, that Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours, that's nothing, is equivalent to a full semester at college. They've got over 16 million subscribers sold, plus all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. So here's the incredible offer for a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, you can get 50% off a one-time payment for a lifetime Babbel subscription but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash Gabby. So to get 50% off at babbel.com slash Gabby, that's babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash Gabby. Some rules and restrictions may apply. Yes, and this is just one example of so many things that you share in the book that people can do right now and today that are available. And I, and you say that you're, I mean, you have like 99% bone strength and yeah, I, I, have, I have bone density. He said, these are humans. And they show this to me. These are Olympic athletes. This is this creature called you is stronger than 99% of, of, of bone strength of anybody they'd ever measured in history. So, but you know, I'm also jumping a thousand times a day too, which is putting that demand. And I've been doing that since I was 17, I'm 62. So you know, there's some power. It's not just that. But but you mentioned something earlier. I really want to plant. I know probably a lot of athletes listen to you. And so I relate, you know, we're both athletes. And I'm, what I do is requires like an endurance athlete. Most people would never dream of. But you got to take care of yourself. And I used to be the same thought you mentioned earlier. It's like, oh, I don't know if I want to know. And, you know, going to your doctor for, you know, a physical, let me look at my ear, let me make me cough, you know, check my heart. I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you know, use a phone from 10 years ago. Why would you use something that's 80 years old when there's new technology? So there's tech now. And that's, so I'll give you a couple examples. Most people, we do this research, have fear of cancer, even in their 30s. And, you know, there's a good reason. 40% of people will have a cancer diagnosis at some time in their life. That's pretty crazy. But it's very different if you catch it when it's in the beginning versus the end. You know, the Cancer Society did a 100,000 person study and found if you discover it at stage three or four, you got a real problem. 80% chance you won't live. Now, I don't buy in stats because we're all individuals, but that's the general experience. If you get at stage one or two, 80%, in some cases, 99.9% .9 chance you're going to succeed, meaning you're going to heal. It might even be an outpatient piece. So we had a, a, 
a man who came to our, one of our centers, these fountain life centers around the country, and his wife kept pushing him, was, I don't need to do this. And he'd gone to his doctor and he did a urine test, everything else. Everything was clean. But there's a new test called the Grail test. It was developed by a gentleman from Google. His own wife died of cancer. And just most of the people in my book, the heroes who have created these breakthroughs, almost every man and woman in it lost somebody they loved. And it made them go, I'm not going for standard of care. There has to be something better that I can do. And so he created this test that they, they can now test 50 cancers. Most of the time when you get stage three or four, it's, it's not a mammogram. We do those. It's not a colon, you know, colonoscopy. It's for these other cancers. And so now I can find them before it's even stage one. And this guy came in and sure enough, cancer, you know, in his bladder. But it was so quick. It was an outpatient procedure. He's totally fine. Nothing to do. But we caught it now, not when it grew into something bigger. For By the time he found out, that's when it gets more difficult to treat. So that's what I want people to know. A combination of these grail tests and these MRI tests that can go where the grail can't, like brain and so forth. One of those is so easy to do. And then you have... If it's something to be dealt with, you deal with it. It's like, I'd rather know and deal with it than wait till it's too late. I'll give you another one. One of my partners called me. This is like seven, eight months ago. And, you know, the number one killer is heart disease. And so my partner calls me and he says, Tony, there is the greatest, we, we got first access to the greatest breakthrough in cardiology in the last 10 years. I said, that sounds like a big claim, brother. And this is, he's, he's an understated guy. He built 12 hospitals and he sold them because he wanted to really help people with preventative care and transformative precision medicine instead of the old version. So I said, I trust you, but give me more. He goes, well, if you've ever had a CT scan, even doctors have a hard time. They're looking to see, you know, have you built up calcium and do you have, you know, do you have the inclusions that are gonna give you a heart attack? And he said, if you try to read one, it's extremely hard even for, you know, a well-trained physician. There's a brand new AI, it's called CCTA, and it literally opens every one of your arteries digitally and searches and sees, oh, is that calcium hardened, which means it's not a problem, or is it loose, which is what becomes the widow maker, right? And then they can, they can predict the heart attack up to five years in advance, and more importantly, tell you what to do. So my father-in-law was with me, he's just turning 80, and he's a beautiful man, and, but people around you start telling you 80, arrange your affairs, and there's nothing wrong with him, but everybody worries, right? And I could feel the drop in him when he was with me. And I said, listen, I just got this call from my partner. I'm gonna to go to the center tomorrow. Why don't you come with me? We're both at a stage of life where we'd have to have some of those you know, soft pieces in there, but they'll show us what to do. Why don't we go find out better to know? So he goes, okay, I'll come with you, Tony. So we go. My father-in-law was clean as a whistle. He has not nothing in his system. And like it completely changed his perspective on his life. And then, you know, as an athlete, you know, there's some really cool things we've done with professional athletes where you know, your soft tissue gets tied and then it starts to contract a nerve. And so I had this thing on an ankle from an injury 15 years ago. I wouldn't let anybody touch it, even a masseuse, because it'd be like shock up my leg. You go in, they use ultrasound. In five minutes, they can see what's going on. They inject it with amniofluid, same thing you were born in. It opens the area up. And literally in five minutes later, there's no pain. And I've never had pain since. That was three or four years ago. So my father-in-law has a hip problem, couldn't walk right. 20 minutes later, he's walking perfect. So we get on the plane. This is the best experience. We sit down on the plane and he's, he's got his arms crossed like this. And he goes, you know, Tony, you know, those people talk about 110, 120. I don't know about that stuff. But he goes, you know, my heart's perfect and I can walk perfect. He goes, I can last another 20 years. I can last to 100 years old. He goes, you've only been married to my daughter 22 years. That's like another lifetime. And his whole life has changed. So I really want to get across to people. You know, you've got to do these simple tests that they'll free you from fear and they'll put you in a position where you get to win the victories of life that you're really after. And I, I think, you know, anyone listening to this, not, you know, obviously I have athletes, but I actually just have a lot of, you know, as we call them, like householders, people just trying yeah. to, you know, navigate and get information. And I think, you know, you, you break things up really beautifully in this book. So you talk about the top killers. So you got into the cancer, heart disease, Alzheimer's, stroke, things like that. But you give ideas about tests that are available to people, even, you know, talking about your genome tests. And I actually forwarded, um, I called a friend of mine whose husband was been dealing with leukemia. Yes. And I said, you know, you got to order Tony's book and just see what's out there. Because what they went through even three years ago, new treatments are available already. So I think it's important that people, it doesn't, this isn't only about, well, if you have really serious issues, 
but you even get into, and I love this, your vitality sort of, uh, what was the, the longevity, you know, the vitality the pharmacy, so to speak. Yes. So it's, yes. it's been talking about, you know, supplements that we, you know, I love Dr. Sinclair, but it, you know, it's like, NAD and things that are readily available to us right now and the differentiation between stem cells, because you, like you say this in the book, like a lot of athletes, I had, you know, stem cell treatment, they'll go, oh, it doesn't work or what have you, but you break down also which stem cells for what and how yes. and yes. things like that. So this, you know, and for people interested in gene therapy, CRISPR, I mean, you guys, this is a very thorough book. Um, yeah, my goal, my goal was to help somebody, whether they're an athlete or they yeah. just want to have better, more energy, more vitality, more strength, they want to live longer, or they're dealing with a real issue. I mean, literally, there's a new technique. It's one of the chapters in the book. It's using ultrasound, super-powered ultrasound, and they do incisionless brain surgery. No incisions. And it takes, like, it might take about an hour and a half to set up, but then they find the spot that's creating the tremors and I watched a woman who literally was on 15 medications, couldn't walk across the room. And but once they found the spot, the treatment's 15 seconds. And she came out and walked across the room, picked up a glass of water and drank and just burst into tears. Have you ever seen someone get the you know audio implants and they can hear for the first time? It's that kind of experience. Or a swimmer that, you know, a guy's 60 years old, he hasn't been able to swim and he can't walk and he can't, and he's back in the pool. You know, the woman I described to you, she was on a, she went on a 50 mile bike hike two years later to raise money to help people understand that there's these new solutions that are available. Your, your friend on the leukemia, by the way, you, there's a chapter you know about CAR T cells. This yeah. is one of the breakthroughs I learned about when I went to the Vatican. It's been around for more than a decade, but last week, they came out with several articles and they described that it's now being described as a cure. In the cancer field, nobody uses the word cure. But 10 years later, I mean, these are people that tried chemotherapy, radiation, nothing worked. And they use this gene therapy called CAR T cells, these supercharged cells that go in and normally your T cells don't recognize the cancer. They have a hard time recognizing. It makes them recognize them and kill them like missiles. Well, 10 years later, they didn't think in a million years, last 10, 10 years later, they're in their body still killing any cancer cells. People have no remission whatsoever. So this is for liquid cancers. So the book shows you specifically for everything. But I just want people to know, it's like there are answers that are available right now and there are answers that are coming over the next 24, 36 months. So on energy, strength, and vitality for the people that are working at home, especially after COVID and so forth, it's one of the big concerns. COVID goes in, mitochondria in every cell, that's the blast furnace. That's where energy comes from. It creates ATP, the batteries of the body. Well, COVID comes in and eats up some of that energy out of the body. That's why you have such fatigue. It's why the body breaks down. But you're familiar already with, there are these things called sirtuins. I'm not gonna have you memorize these things that are in the book, but just think of three things. There are seven master hormones called sirtuins. They do two things that are critical. They, first of all, turn on and turn off different genes in your body. So, you know, most people know your DNA is not your destiny. It's your epigenome. What genes get turned on or off can be changed by your diet, your exercise, your sleep patterns, et cetera. Well, what feeds that is these sirtuins and these sirtuins turn them on or off. They reduce inflammation, which is the basis of injury and most disease. And they fire up your furnaces for more energy in your body. They have a second stage that they clean up your DNA because as you age, you get accumulated radiation exposure, chemicals, and your DNA gets knocked down. Right when you need it most, around 50, NED+, plus, which is what makes these sirtuins go, they're the fuel, it drops by 50%. So imagine you had a mansion and you had a young staff in a great mansion and they kept it up to speed. If something broke, they fixed it. Your mansion's beautiful, beautiful. And then the staff gets older and then the resources aren't available, and then the whole thing starts breaking down. That's aging. And Dr. Sinclair, as you know from Harvard, you know, he's 53, but he's 33, you know, biologically, chronologically 53, but biologically he's 33. He's discovered, you know, things like NAD, which need NMN. Sorry for so many words, but just think there's these master hormones. They need fuel from NAD, but NAD's precursor to get in the cell is NMN. But if you go on the market, and we did this with our company, we tested six companies' NMN products. Not one had an NMN in it. Now, I don't believe they're all liars. Most of it's made in China, and NMN breaks down over 30 or 45 days. Now, why does that all matter? Well, two reasons. This is what I want you to know, too. NMN in the body given to mice, you know, an old mouse, 
20 months is like a 65, 70-year-old person, right? An old mouse can run a quarter of a kilometer. A young, strong mouse can run a kilometer, full tilt. When they give NMN to the old mouse, they run two to three kilometers within 14 days, full tilt, two to 300% more than a young mouse. You go, well, does that really translate to humans? This is what's cool. It's a company called Metrotech out of Boston. They've been working with the special forces and it's been all under a wrap, so to speak, top secret. But one of the commanders got so excited by the results that he talked to somebody in the media. And then last week it was in the Daily Mail they don't have the full story because it's still top secret. But the part I can tell you is the greatest, these are the greatest bodies in the world, right? Special forces, men and women. And they're able to maximize levels of endurance they've never seen, increase muscle strength, which as you get older, sarcopenia is one of the big challenges, right? And their cognitive capacity has gone through the roof. So this is not going to be a supplement. This is its own molecule. I think it's called MIB626. And it's going through the FDA process. They think they'll be through in 18 to 24 months. This will clean up your DNA, increase your energy, and increase your cognitive capacity. And there are studies being done in four different hospitals, COVID studies, kidney studies, on top of the endurance studies. So there's things you can do right now, and there's some things coming that literally will be life-changing if you understand the basis of energy in the body. And to me, energy is life. I mean, that's the quality of your life is the quality of your energy. That's right. And the other thing in one of the last chapters you get into, you know, you personally will use the hyperbaric chamber. You talk about heat and ice and breathing and sleep. So there, you know, we're not talking about, hey, you're going to only hack your way to health. You support it with, of course, your lifestyle choices, but you do a full and robust chapter also on women's health, which I really appreciate the extensive chapter on women's health. So and, that, and by the way, that was written by three of the best female doctors in the world because I didn't want to touch that one. I'm still a guy. I want to make sure it was done properly for women. And there's some pieces in there that are amazing. There's a woman, for example, like she loves her husband so much, hadn't been able to have an orgasm in almost 10 years. And there's this simple laser treatment and she now has orgasms, but also her hormonal capacity change. I mean, there's some beautiful things in there for women that women got to know. Because a lot of women too, after childbirth, they can't, the, because of the uterus and stuff, it can really impact your ability to orgasm like you talked about. And then people are afraid to talk about it. And yeah. I think it's, it's, it's so important to just bring it all out in the open. So this book is really for everyone. It doesn't matter your age. So whether you're looking to you know be as healthy as long as you can or sort of redirect or you're already going and you want to perform greater. Now, I have to ask you as a person, because you are an example of somebody who has a lot you do a lot of the, the right things. And so you're eating right now. Are you a pescatarian? Are you a vegetarian? What is your personal food yeah. like? I was nothing. I was a vegan for 12 years. And then I, I felt emaciated because sometimes when you're vegan, you eat pasta, things that are limited what you want to eat. And so I, I found myself, I went to fish for the next 12 or 15 years and, and loved it. But the fishes I had was swordfish and tuna. And so they're filled with mercury and I literally had mercury poisoning. That's like why one of the tests is so important. Like I said, it burned a hole in my esophagus. I lost a third of my blood supply. So now I'm mostly, I, I've gone to cleaner fishes and certainly not the older fishes. And I'll have some chicken at times, and, but I'm, I'm very high live foods, live vegetables, live foods. It's, I look at my plate and go, it's 70% live foods. And then 25 or 30% is going to be a protein of a sort that is natural and clean and so forth. But I, I, I'm very sensitive about the fish now, as you might guess. Well, and mine was exasperated also by the fact that I was just eating it for fuel. thing. I'm doing the best thing. Fish and salad, fish and salad, fish and salad. But which fishes today, unfortunately, what we've done to our oceans affects that immensely. And you, you got to know the impact and the cleanliness of the fish. Yeah, for sure. And I just have to ask, because again, from the outside, it's like you have this long marriage and, you know, children and grandchildren and successful business. What are the, what are the, if you're able to encapsulate it, sort of the greatest lesson you've learned or that seems to work for you? Maybe you did it one way and now you've gone like, I'm doing it a different way as a husband and as a father, because I think a lot of people were all navigating that and that, these are not the objective areas of our life. These are the tricky, emotional, hard. Is there something that really showed up for you and you go, wow, this, this really seems to work when I went, you know, through being a husband and being a father. Yeah. 
I'm unbelievably blessed. And I'm, you know, people say this stuff all the time. I'm not saying it to blow smoke. I have the most incredible wife on the face of the planet. I was married, you know, previously, and I thought I'd never, I had four fathers, so I'm never going to divorce. I stayed in that relationship, you know, for 14 years. And I've been married 22 years since then. And the person was a great human being, but we are so radically different. But the beauty that came out of that, she'd been married twice before me. She had kids from two different husbands. So at 24 years old, she was 11 years my senior. I had a 17-year-old son instantly. <laughs> I was 24. An 11-year-old, a 5-year-old, and then one on the way. So I learned on the job very quickly because I love people, but I love my family even more, right? And it's like, and they're all in different stages of life. And and I'm I'm your dad now. So, I mean, I really... I learned on the job, the parenting in every stage simultaneously. But today, you know, I just have my daughter's 10 months old now as of today. And, um, you know, I just know so much more, you know, you have so much more life experience. As far as my wife's concerned, I think the secret to a great relationship is it's a place you go to give. It's not a place you go to get. And that's kind of the way I look at it and her too. I mean, our, our fights are like, I'm trying to do something for her and she wants to do it for me. I mean, I'm really blessed in that area. But I think it's also because we have a mission. And I know you and your husband have that as well, right? It's like, there's something beyond yourself. If you're only doing something for yourself, it's easy to get comfortable. Like, I don't need any more money. I don't need any more business. I don't need any more anything. So, but I love the diversity and the challenge. And I love my family most of all. And my wife and I are involved in all these businesses and things together. So, and our kids are involved, you know, it's like they're adults now, other than my daughter. And so um, I think it's, I, I met um, when I was doing Money Master the Game, I interviewed all these billionaires. And I interviewed Mary Callahan Erdos, who, you know, is at JP Morgan, probably the most powerful woman in finance in the world and the nicest and best human being you'll ever meet. And I was asking her about work-life balance. And she said what I've experienced. She just articulated much better than I had. And she said, Tony, you know, I'm here because my dad was in this business and he used to bring me to the work where I got to play and be there. I sat behind his desk and created these visions. And she said, so for me, it's not, there's no such thing as work-life balance if you're really you know, an achiever, but there's work-life integration. And that's what we have. Like we, our mission is not like some outside thing out there or work. It's a part of our lives. It's part of our friends. Our friends and family are all involved in it. And we have this incredible juice that comes from seeing people's lives change so radically and being able to play a small role in that. And it fulfills us. And it, so that, that provides the fuel. And then you learn by trial and error, some of it, and hopefully by reading good books and learning from your friends how to parent better and so forth. But I, you know, I had a trial by fire of, you know, 17 year old, 11 year old, five year old when I'm 24. So, um, you know, I learned a lot at that stage, but you never stop learning, right? I mean, if you stop learning, you're an idiot. You know, it's like, I don't believe I have all the answers. And that's like this book. It's like, I knew a lot about health before this. I've taught health principles for years. I've lived them. But it's like, okay, let's go learn from the best on earth What's the best right now? And not 20 years in the future, right now, right around the corner, so we can take advantage of what's happening. Because it's it's amazing what's happening in, in the area of health right now. And it's only going to get better. The next five years to 10 years, there'll be more transformation in this area than the last 200 years combined. And that's not an exaggeration. You have multi-billionaires spending all their money saying, I want to live forever. And you have science catching up. And you got gene editing, you've got diseases that never be able to cure, they're being cured, you have people never being able to see are getting gene therapy and be able, they're no longer blind. I mean, this stuff sounds like science fiction, but it's the reality. But if you don't know, you're going to be in standard of care and all you're going to see is this and you're going to miss out. So that's why I wrote this book to give people access to all of that. The little things, like you said, I want to mention one more, sleep. Sleep is such a basic, I can tell you 10 basic things, you know, but they're so important. I was a guy, I'll sleep when I die. You know, give me four to five hours. That's all I need. And my wife is an eight hour sleeper. Honey, please come to bed. And, but I met Dr. Walker from UC Berkeley is, you know, in the neuroscience department there. I'm probably the best sleep doctor in the world. And he said, there's been a study, Tony, you should know about. By the way, I'm, I was writing that chapter at 6.45 in the morning when I had to be up three hours later for a seminar I was doing. Something wrong with this picture, right? But where he hooked me was he said, 1.6 billion people participated in this study. I said, that's impossible. How could you possibly organize that? He goes, I didn't. It's called daylight savings time. 70 countries have it. And here's what we've learned. When we spring forward and you lose an hour, just one hour of sleep you lose, the next three days, heart attacks go up 24%. 
like clockwork around the world in every country that it happens. When we drop back and get an extra hour, heart attacks decrease by 21%. Also traffic, he's got traffic pieces and everything else. And I started going, wow. Then I saw a man who has four to five hours of sleep, usually his testosterone levels are that of a person 10 years his senior. I was like, okay, I'm 60. I don't want to be 70 here. You know, that got my attention. And then if you're a feminine force and you care about this or your masculine force that wants your woman to feel loved, a woman's sleep is even more important because one hour less of eight hours and she's 14% less, less, less likely to have the desire for intimacy. Two hours, it doubles up. Three hours, it doubles up. And in the world we're living in today. So there's some simple things you could do like having a consistent time to get up and go to sleep because the body is a rhythm, keeping the temperature in the room between 65 and 67 degrees, that cooling allows you to go deeper in the sleep, not looking at blue lights, as most people know, like your phone right beforehand or your iPad, and having a sleep mask. Those four simple things, I can tell you right now, completely change your sleep. And, you know, I wear a whoop, so I want to see what my strain is every day versus my rest. But I have all the stats, you know, for the last couple of years, and it's priceless. So now I can see the difference between, like, I work now to make sure I got eight hours in bed. I don't always sleep all eight hours, but I'm in bed for eight hours. I've never done that in my life. But I've seen a radical change in the amount of endurance that I've got from that alone. Yeah, that oh, I always love the badge of like, oh, I don't sleep. It's like, well, that's actually not a great thing. So, Tony, <laughs> thank you for writing Life Force with Peter Diamantis. I could ask you a million other questions. This book is a useful tool for people. And congratulations and, and thank you for doing it. I really learned some interesting things. And what I loved is that it's directive. I can go there. I can get this resource. I can look. I can ask this question. And it's just so great. So, I mean, even obesity and diabetes, I don't yeah. want people to think there's everything's in here. So way to get it done. It's unbelievable. Thank you. Well, thank you for your example in sport and in life. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it, Gabby. Take great care of yourself. Thanks. Aloha. Aloha. Thanks so much for listening. And if you'd like, rate, subscribe, and leave us a review. All of my music was graciously done by Frank Zumo and Tom Thacker. If you want to see some of the behind the scenes action, just follow me at Gabby Reese. And remember, don't miss new episodes every Monday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.